ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Today I sit down with Ashley Strange of New Zealand and discuss red stag, tar, North Island, South Island, and the roar. Okay, everybody, we are here today um, chatting with Ashley Strange um, of She Hunts 2 out of New Zealand. Ashley, I'm so excited that you are going to chat with me today. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's cool. <laughs> well, do me a favor and um, just give us a little bit of your background on who you are, how you got started um, in the outdoors and hunting and, and all all of that. Okay, well, um, as you've said, I'm Ashley and I'm in New Zealand. So I live in the North Island of New Zealand. Um, I basically was brought up in the outdoors. I'm one of three kids and dad always sort of brought us up in the outdoors. It was breakfast is done and right you're outside sort of thing. And we were brought up, you know, camping and in the outdoors, shooting rabbits and possums and a real, I guess, what we would call the typical Kiwi family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were we were very much outdoors kids and any chance we got to, you know, shoot go shooting or hunting or whatever. Dad was always really into that. He was um really into pig hunting as mm-hmm. we, when we were kids. So um yeah, we did a bit of that as well. So yeah, we were very much just outdoors kids. It's the way we were brought up and I guess it's quite common here in, in New Zealand to be brought up that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, we get a little bit about, I don't know, I grew up in the outdoors. We grew up camping and hiking mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff with the outdoors. My grandfather yep. was a forester. And so um, we grew up with that too. But 
not a whole lot of people can say that, um, that a lot of people in New Zealand grew up in the outdoors. And I don't think a lot of people can say yeah. that here in the States. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very much a Kiwi way. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. what, um, so you said your dad was a pretty big inspiration into the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely, um, the reason I got into hunting in the outdoors, he, um, you know, as kids, we were any minute, you know, we were always outside. We were, we were never in store kids. We were never in front of the TV. It was just outdoors. And dad was always willing to, to teach us and show us anything we kind of wanted to learn. And, and yeah, so it sort of started with dad, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anybody growing up, but you and I have talked a little bit about this back and forth, um, mm-hmm. about women being, um, not as there aren't as many women. Um, there are more now that I've gotten yeah. older, but back growing up, I, uh, the mentors that I could think, I really can't think of many. Um, no, I didn't know if you had anybody in your life that <laughs> as you were growing up, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I had no woman. Actually, my, my mother isn't, she's not into hunting at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, it was, it was dead really for me. There was no woman that I knew even now, you know, like I've got no friends that live around me that are into it. It's, it is very, um, you know, it's getting more and more popular in mm-hmm. New Zealand, but this it's still few and far between female hunters here. That's crazy. Yeah. It's it's very similar here. I think that our numbers in the states are, are our percentages of hunters. Are, it might be a little bit higher than New Zealand. I was reading that you guys make up eight percent of your hunting mm-hmm. um, uh, percentages there, and I think we're just a little bit higher than you, but not much, not by much at yeah. all. So um, yeah. it does kind of prove it's hard to reach out and touch another woman. Um, yeah. Who you can yeah, actually sit back and have a conversation with. Yeah, that's right. That's where social media comes into play. It's just so great for, you know, connecting with other female hunters mm-hmm. because otherwise, like I said, I don't know anyone in my area that is into it. So for me, it's really awesome to have that social media side of things so I can connect with other females. And, and I've made some, you know, really good friends, male and female via Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And, um, yeah, so it's really cool, that aspect of it, for sure. Right. Um, I've I've enjoyed that aspect. I've enjoyed being able to connect Mm. with women. And and although we don't always have the same background stories, um, there's similarities kind of intertwined into our stories. And I think that that's um, very comforting. I think it's also very – I don't know. It's just a way to connect. We don't have to be the same. Yeah. We don't have to have the same upbringings. We don't have to live in the same countries, but yeah, exactly. We intertwine yeah. in our uh, commonalities, and I really love that. Mm. Yeah, uh, same. No, it's awesome. Okay, what was one of your first hunts? My first hunts. Um, well, we did a lot of possum mm-hmm. and rabbits and whatnot, but my first probably what you'd call a big game species over here. Um, it was probably back when I was about eight. I think it was eight. I went um, pig hunting with my dad and my uncle mm-hmm. and my cousin came along that was the same age as me. 
And um, it's actually quite a funny story, really. Um, I remember, you know, walking through the bush and whatnot and following the dogs. And all of a sudden, I just remember Dad throwing me up this tree. And I didn't really know what had happened, really. I just remember him throwing me up this tree and just holding on for dear life and just watching from, you know, below just this big ordeal happening, you know, with the dogs and the pig and, and Dad and my uncle. And, yeah, so that was probably my first real experience and what you call it yeah big game species so it was quite interesting I bet I bet being eight and and going through that was probably a little bit (laughs) exciting yeah it was it was an interesting opening that's for sure Uh but um yeah other than that yeah with the rabbits and the possums and whatnot from a young age we were out there and doing that with dad so yeah, that's probably my first that I can think of. It was quite interesting. <laughs> you know, I've heard um, I've heard a couple of podcasts from some Aussies where uh, they grew up just like you with small game, and mm-hmm. the thing yeah. that they said was it was a great entry into hunting because with small game yeah. you really have to be on your toes. Um, yeah, the stalking aspect of it and. Um, and learning about the animals and learning their habits and all of that, it's a great entry into hunting because it um, it teaches you so well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's a good entry for sure. I think most kids around, you know, in New Zealand probably have that same sort of entry into hunting mm-hmm. with the rabbits and the possums and the pests basically in New Zealand. Yeah, um, I didn't know you said uh, the pigs. I didn't know if you're if they are invasive like ours um, over here, if you're just, if they're more of a nuisance type thing or is it just, um, do you have Uh, to have permits? No, no, no permits. So they are a nuisance. So Mm -hmm. um, it's quite common where I live up here that pig hunting is quite big up here. Um, So yeah, they, yeah, they are a a pest basically. So no permits needed. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. not nice that they're invasive because they do destroy no. land yeah, exactly. and farms yeah. and, and all of that. But it's nice to not have to worry. In Tennessee, you still have to have a permit. In Texas, I think they're doing away with the permits because of how invasive right. they've become. Um, yeah, we, we're quite lucky here. We don't need permits to hunt anything. Really? Yeah. So we're lucky in that respect. We don't need to have tags or permits. Okay. Um, do yeah. you, now, if you're coming from out of country, that's a different story. Um, I don't – I'm not – I wouldn't call myself um, an expert at that <laughs> yeah. sort of side of things, but I don't believe so. I think most people go with an outfitter, what they yes. call an outfitter or a guide. But no, I don't believe they need permits. Gotcha. Either. But That's I could amazing. be wrong. You just can't bring <laughs> yeah. I've I've been told over and over my grandparents have been to New Zealand. It was their favorite place right. to go. Their favorite. Uh-huh. Above all, their favorite place to go. Oh wow. Cool. And uh and they said you just can't bring anything in. It is so no. protected. Yeah. <laughs> and I love yeah, that. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, yeah, you're very can't bring a lot in 
Mm-mm. No, I would want. I would want to protect my place as beautiful as New Zealand yeah. is. Um, yeah, I'd want to protect it for sure. Um, okay, so as mm-hmm. a hunter, um, mm-hmm. I think straight across the board. No matter where you're coming from, as you are learning to hunt, as you're learning to do it independently on your own, as you are growing from childhood, if you if that's when you started up, or if you start later in life, you're going to learn lessons along the way, of course, because you have to learn the right way of doing things. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of these lessons from your point of view um, that are really important that you would want to pass down <laughs> to the next generations? Oh, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> some <of the> lessons. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. I've so I've got two little boys, so they've been coming with me and my husband hunting mm-hmm. since I think my eldest was three when he first started coming, and my youngest was probably two. Yeah. So for me, teaching them everything, I guess my dad taught me, is really important to me. Um, one thing is definitely, I guess, having the patience as well. Like, um, yeah, patience is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of in respect for not only the animal but the environment. You yes. know, that's a big thing that I, um, I think is important and my dad taught me and once again I will teach my children. Um, so, yeah, having that respect for the animal and the environment, um, it's been really cool to teach the boys my I'm sorry I've got two boys Mm -hmm. um you know about patience and about just um I guess being out in the in the in the outdoors and there's I guess there's a lot of aspects to hunting to to teach them but um yeah my biggest one would be the respect for the animal and and the environment would be my biggest point yeah to to pass down to them and um yeah, I'm not sure if I answered your question there. <laughs> no, I think you did. I think you did great. I think yeah, okay, that, okay. yeah, uh, because no matter where you start, what age you start, those yeah, two things I especially think- are something that you have to you have to learn kind of on the job, like as you are going. Yeah, it's, I think you need to learn those before you almost start hunting. You mm-hmm. know, before you start, you know, shooting something. Or I think it's important to learn, you know, about obviously the outdoors um, and about the animal itself Mm -hmm. and, you know, their habits, their, you know, just their background basically. Yeah. And a good way to learn that is to get out there and not necessarily take the rifle or a bow, just to go out there and just watch them and, you know, see them in their own habitat. And, you know, that's an awesome, really awesome way to learn um, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I took my my both of my kids out this weekend mm-hmm. um, for their first hunts, official hunts. They've been they've been in the outdoors their entire lives, learning mm-hmm. about different species and learning. My husband's a, a wildlife biologist, and so learning mm-hmm. about species of animals and details and environments and all of that has been instilled in them. But they went on their first mm-hmm. hunts this weekend and. Um, the question I had to my son when the time arose to where we had an opportunity to harvest a deer, I said, are you ready? And he said, yes. And I said, are you ready to actually take a shot where you're not going to hurt her? 
you will put her down because there's yeah. our job is not to hurt or maim. Our, our job mm. is to do it well. And he looked yeah. at me and he said, no, I am not ready to do that. And I was so impressed with his ability to take that on himself and say, no, I'm not ready. I think Mm. I need more practice. I think that I would rather be sure and not question it going into it. And he's nine. Um, Yeah. And it just made me a very proud parent, but also a proud hunter passing it on because he realized um, the ethical side of it. And yeah. uh, like yeah. like you said, it's something that you have to instill ahead of time. But until you're in that moment mm. and you know how to make that decision, um, yeah, it was just it was a cool experience um, to yeah. witness. It, it, he could have been mm. he could have been anybody I was hunting with, but um, I was super proud that he is my son. Um, that yeah. I, I would have been proud no matter who he was. Mm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, but those Good are those. Him. Those are those lessons. Those are those. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those things that you start ahead of time, like you said. I love that. Yeah. Mm. What, yeah, for sure. What are some things being a woman and hunting, um, just adapting different things? I mean, we. I have to say, as a woman, we we hunt. Um, like men. I mean, we've the end results that as we go (laughs) as an ethical person, uh, if we are comparing apples and apple and oranges, like we're totally different, but our end results Uh are the same. But how do you think, are there a couple, are there things that you've had to adapt in certain ways that you have had that work for you versus what they were made for? Um, I don't, I can't think of the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like in the last couple of years here in New Zealand, they've finally brought in female hunting clothing. You know, like hunting range. Yes. Before that, we were wearing men's clothing because yes. there was there was nothing for women. So, I think now in New Zealand, especially, I think they are finally coming to terms with the fact that there are more females out there, and it is really awesome to finally have gear that fit and have made for women mm-hmm. you know it, it, it fits it's comfortable you know before that we were wearing men's pants with you know the crutch down at your knees and yes you know it's it, it definitely makes things a little more challenging yeah um but yeah so I think that um now that we finally have you know clothing that's made for us and to fit and and especially for us I think that's definitely helped here in New Zealand um I think yeah I think now like I said I think we're sort of coming to terms with the fact that there are going to be there are more females out there you know um I'd say in the last two years maybe three there's just been more and more it's just become so popular Mm -hmm. and so common now to have females out there whereas previous to that it was just like it just wasn't really something you know you might have had the odd woman out there but now it's just growing so much mm-hmm. and I think people have become and men especially have become more acceptable of females and you know so now they're creating things for women mm-hmm. especially so to adapt I, I don't I can't think off the top of my head of anything I feel like 
like I said, now they've created things for women. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily have to adapt anything to suit, if that makes right. sense. Yes, no, yeah. it makes total sense. I, I, when I started hunting, I was wearing youth boys yeah. Camouflage. I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I still have some. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And um, if I were to put on or put men's pants on, even the smallest size, I'd be rolling the pants up and tying a yeah. rope around my waist. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's nothing graceful or quiet about that because extra exactly. material yeah. makes extra noise. And yeah. Um, so yeah, we've it's a challenge in itself. It really, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It's been nice to um, to find some things that fit a little bit better. And honestly, mm. I'm warmer when they fit better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so oh, it's, it's just something that's made in a woman's shape. You mm-hmm. know, like obviously females and males are a lot different shapes. Yes. So it's nice to have something that fits and feels comfortable. And yeah, it's made for woman it's true so it's very true I think a couple of things that I've had Mm. to adapt are um more along the the lines of uh so where where I hunt we Mm -hmm. it's not a pack out situation um right so we field dress and then remove the deer to a different place to process and so getting that deer uh being five two I'm fairly small and (laughs) well (laughs) and um I had a doe this weekend that pulling her out and up a hill um Mm -hmm. to a vehicle that could take her where I needed her to be for processing um right it was a haul it is yeah yeah it is not easy, and I've had to learn <laughs> no. to um, – there are things that work for that. There, What has worked for me is using a sled. Um, right, okay. It makes yeah. things move a little bit better. It, I think it protects mm-hmm. the meat. It protects her body or his body, the, the doe or the buck. It protects their body a little bit right. more from being bruised or hurt in any way. Mm-hmm. Um and so there are just things that I've had to adapt in that form of, or fashion so that I could become an independent hunter. Um, yeah. If I was hunting with other people, then then I could have somebody to rely on or to team up with to help. But I'm a solo hunter. And so it uh, I need yeah. to figure out other ways of, of making things work. Um, right. Yeah. That's the so you over there have rules about taking the entire animal out. Is that correct? Um, no, that's it, it's. No? Um, we can take the whole animal. Um, it's different right. all over the states. It depends on how right. far you're hiking in, how um, yeah. the distance, the terrain, um, mm-hmm. who's with you, how much you can take out is right. pretty much how much you can carry on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, no, you could take the whole thing. Um, there are no rules on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have any rules here in New Zealand. So 
basically you can take as little or as much as you want. Right. So depending, obviously, like you, you've said, the terrain and mm-hmm. where you are, how far your walk is and whatnot would be dependent on what you brought out. Right. So if you could take the whole animal, I'm sure most people would. Right. But we tend to make um, what we call packs out of the animal mm-hmm. itself. We turn them almost into a backpack or, you know, some people will just take the back legs, you know, the and the meat that they want and carry it that way. But yeah. generally, yeah, they're carried out here or if they're lucky enough to get a quad in close by, mm-hmm. then you chuck it on the quad and out you go. But, yeah, solo hunting, yeah, is a lot harder for yourself, <laughs> especially being a female, <laughs> I must agree. <laughs> so, yeah, depending on what kind of animal you shoot yeah. <laughs> would be, um, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, but generally carry as much as you can. Yeah, yeah we don't want to waste. I, I don't want to waste no. at all. I want to take as much as I can exactly. um, yeah. and use as much as I can. Um, yeah, for sure. Yep. I, uh, I, and that kind of goes into what my mindset is on struggling. And um, I think that we all struggle to a part uh, <laughs> on figuring out our own individual way of hunting. And there's the broader picture of ethical hunting way up on this umbrella, but underneath it, each individual hunter, man or woman, is kind of learning how to do things their own way. And there's a struggle in that that I think Mm. we, we truly, truly learn things when we struggle and we hold on to them and we grasp onto them a little bit more yeah. than the things that come easier. And I didn't know if there's yeah. ever been um, a part in your life that the struggle, whatever it was, whether it was making a decision to back out or making a decision to mm. not make the shot or yeah, like along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I, I would like I had know I've made a couple of bad decisions in my time, um, which I guess I have learned from and was a struggle at that time. Mm-hmm. So one, for instance, I uh, remember shooting a deer and at the time I guess I just didn't think um, and I shot, it was a spike, a red deer. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't till after the fact, and I thought, wow, why did I do that? It, it was the bottom of this gully, and I was by myself. And I thought, wow, how am I going to get this out? Mm. You know, like I've really made it hard on myself, whereas I didn't need to, you know, like if I didn't think things through and think, wow, I should just leave it. It's going to be really hard to get out of there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. move on. But I guess, I don't know if that's what you mean by struggle, yeah. but there's sometimes, yeah, there are things that, you know, like I did that once and it's something that I'll never do again right. because it was a real struggle to get out of there. Um, and then like um, probably another scenario that I can think of the top of my head, um, I went out for a solo hunt um, one evening and shot a boar or a pig um, mm-hmm. and he was across sort of a gully from me about 200 metres away <clears throat> and after I shot him, I knew he'd gone down and I thought, I'll just go over there. It's not that far. And I, once again, didn't think. <laughs> Should have stopped and sort of had a bit of a breathe, bit of a think mm-hmm. and thought, what's the best way to get there? Instead, I just thought, oh, we'll just go this way. And I went the way that I originally thought was the best way and turns out it wasn't the best way. 
I got in, stuck into this bush and got myself not lost completely, but mm. a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, what have I done here? No, no. So I thought, I'm just going to go back because I don't know where I am right now. So I followed my footsteps back, back out, got to back where I'd shot him from and then looked again and thought, I can go that way. It's the fast. It's the easiest way. There's a track above him. You know, like I just, I guess in the, in the moment it was all that, you know, the adrenaline and everything and I just mm-hmm. didn't stop and think. And I think that's something else that, you know, like I did once and I, and I learned from. But, yeah, I guess that's another scenario I can think of from the top of my head. Isn't, that just, yeah. isn't it? It's hard <laughs> when we look back over our hunting careers yeah. and we go, okay, I learned this lesson. I will never do it again mm. because it was so yeah. hard. Um, yeah, or it exactly. was a bad decision. We've a we've all choice, been there. Yeah. Every hunter oh, yeah. has been there. Learn. It is how you mm-hmm. learn. Exactly. And if you don't yeah. learn, then that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, that was a couple of good lessons that I learned from that I could, those are the two that I, comes to mind when mm-hmm. I think of a struggle that I've had. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I think passing yeah. it on, I have to realize as a parent and as a hunter who is ahead of whoever comes behind me mentoring wise, I have to realize mm-hmm. that those lessons are going to have to be learned by them as well. And it's exactly it's going to be hard, um, mm. especially as a parent, to allow those lessons to happen. Um, yeah, there's a fine boundary between mm-hmm. my ethics crossing over and being responsible for my kids' ethical hunting. Yeah, and then at a point, mm. it becomes their hunting, and so yeah. Um, no matter who you're mentoring right behind you, whether it's your kids or some somebody else, it, there comes a time where you have to let go of those reins and yeah, those lessons have to be learned. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, like with my dad, you know, teaching me all the, he knew about hunting, mm-hmm. you know, he was sort of in the same boat. He taught me everything he knew. And then it was, you know, like he's sort of like, you know, it's your turn to now go out there and, and learn for yourself almost, you know, with, right. with what I've taught you and, you know, and, and go from there. So yeah. yeah, I guess it's sort of similar sort of thing. And, you know, I did obviously go out there and I, I did learn from my, mm-hmm. some of the mistakes that I've made and, but that is the only way you're going to learn, isn't it? It's so, true. It's, it's something true. that I've done once and yeah, <laughs> never think I won't do it again. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're always going to be making mistakes. And so I just hope that my next mistake is not a big one. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just hope, I hope that my mistakes will get smaller and smaller. But um, but I hope yeah. that even as I walk through those times of struggle, that I will continue to learn from them and grow from them. Um, but yeah, I hope they're small. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope they're yeah, small. You're always going to make small mistakes mm-hmm. but I think you're always learning at the same you know you're always learning every time you go out you know, you're learning something new and I think um you know you're bound to make a small mistake here and there but again you're learning from that mistake so, right yeah Mm. Okay, I want to step into New Zealand just a second just because right. um I mean here in the states bucket lists usually involve 
New Zealand in there from us. (laughs) Um, But for you, this is your home turf. This is your home ground. And so I want to know um, what are – I mean, we hear red stag, red stag, red stag. Like we hear that all the time. I didn't know. Is that just something that you get to hunt all the time? Is it on public land, private land? Is there any such – is that – I just want – I want to know all about it, but I didn't quite know – all that encompasses it. Okay. Um, yeah, red stag is a deer that I hunt, well, can hunt basically whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough to have family land okay. um, in the North Island, mm-hmm. um, which um, has deer, red deer and a few other species of deer on it. So okay. I'm kind of lucky in that respect. Um, and some people in New Zealand have a similar sort of situation with the private property and having deer. Um, otherwise, yes, you can hunt red deer in the wild okay. or in what we call dockland, which is Department of Conservation. So okay. it's owned by our government. Um, so, yeah, you can hunt red deer um, on private or on public land. Um, it is sort of one of those um, species that is quite common, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um so in New Zealand, we have um, every year we have what we call the the, the raw. So it's when the red deer rut. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's in March and April every year. So that's quite a big, um, I said a big mark on the calendar for every Kiwi hunter, I guess. Here. Mm-hmm. So every raw, you know, um, hunters are obviously out there looking for that red stag. But yeah, so they can be hunted on both private and public property here. Gotcha. Is it, are there seasons mm. for them or is it year round? Uh, there's no seasons, no. Okay. So it's year round. All, all deer here are year round. They just have their times where they rut okay. in the year. And yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit easier in that time. Um, not, yeah. Right. Not easier, but just more. Um, yeah. Well, they make themselves vocal and knowing. Yes. So it, yes. it can be easier. Yeah. Yes. We've got our, <laughs> yeah. our white tail rut is coming up in November and right. it's, it's a little bit crazy. We're seeing, and I've heard from a couple of people with elk, um, we're seeing our ruts a little bit earlier this year. Um, oh, okay. so there we're seeing that movement and that, um, characteristic the attitude coming out a little bit more um a little bit earlier this year which is Mm -hmm. kind of crazy um that it's that it's like that but I didn't know if we have certain seasons um right and so it's interesting to hear how in different countries there are different um different aspects of that yeah um but you guys have a whole lot more on New Zealand. Of- yes, you've got a lot of species yeah. of animals there that you hunt. Yeah, we've got quite a few. Um, so we've got the red deer, mm-hmm. we've got your fallow, mm-hmm. um, we've got rosa, we've got seeker, uh, we've got samba. And, and down south we've got um, tar and chamois that are also hunted down there. And then you've got, you know, the, the goat. Some people hunt goats. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the pig. Right. So, yeah, we've got quite a few. And Wapiti uh, down in the South Island. 
So yeah, we've got we've got a bit going on. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. Are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are they? What is your favorite? And it, this could be favorite for hunting and favorite for eating. Okay. Um, I obviously live in the North Island. I've um, not done a lot of hunting in the South Island. I'm hoping to do a bit more of that, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but in the North Island, my favorite. It's a really hard one, actually. I was having this discussion the other day. Um, I really like hunting the red deer, mm-hmm. but I do like the fallow at the same time. Yeah. So, those two would be my favorite. I really like fallow. I think they're quite um, really cool. Um, they, they croak. They, they, they're quite different. They're, mm-hmm. They've got a different sort of, um, uh, what was the word? Um, just characteristics. Everything mm-hmm. about them is really different and, and quite cool and unique. So, yeah, they're quite neat. We've uh, but, yeah, probably those two. Those two. Which one tastes better? Mm. Are they about the same? <laughs> I might shock you by saying this. I'm actually a vegetarian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you just blew me so out of the water there. I had I no know. idea. <laughs> so I don't eat meat. Okay. Um, and it's, it is very unusual, and I, I get this a lot from people that, that do hear about it. It's not sort of something I, I tend to bring up because right. it shocks a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't eat it, not obviously because of the ethnical side of things or anything like yeah. that. It's more taste for me. I okay. think as a, as a kid, I ate meat, and as I got older, it just cut it from my diet. It just... I just t- just didn't like the taste of it. So mm-hmm. I am quite different in that way. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I hunt meat for my family, though. Okay. So it's not um, – yeah. So, yeah, it'll shock a few people that comment, I'm sure. <laughs> it will, but but you're still – I mean, you're feeding your family. You're, it's just not you. So, yeah. And yeah. that's it, yeah. Do your so kids me, have a favorite then? <laughs> Um, <laughs> they quite like fallow. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they prefer the fallow over the red. I have sure. heard that. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have heard that. Yeah. Well, that is a very interesting little tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, we've got, um, we have uh, ticks here in the United States uh-huh. that cause that have started causing an allergy to red meat, which oh, wow. is which is crazy. It's um, it's very disturbing, very scary for hunters especially because mm. um, deer carry ticks. The the environment yeah. that we hunt in carry ticks, and so you're seeing. Um, hunters come down with this, uh, with this allergy due to tick bites and they're hunters. They hunt for meat. They love the taste of meat and they are no longer able to eat the meat. And, um, and so it's, it's kind of a, I mean, it's something to be very afraid of here. Um, Mm. when you're out, especially spring and summer when they're so, uh, prevalent, but um, but it's it's something that's going around here. It's very scary. Wow! Yeah, that is freaky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gosh. Mm. <laughs> wow. They're mean little boogers. <laughs> like a hunter's worst nightmare. It is. It really is. Um, it's yeah. something to keep. You have to keep an eye on if you find one. If you get bit, you have to keep an mm. eye on it, and um, and you never know. So it's it's been an interesting 
throughout over the past couple of years um, that it's yeah. been showing up. So it's been kind of crazy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you do some writing for um, New Zealand Outdoors too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for a magazine here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, have, how long have you been doing that? Um, oh, probably, oh gosh, probably since beginning of the year possibly. Yeah. yeah I've written probably half a dozen stories maybe now. Has it has yeah. it allowed you to get into environments and circumstances that um, have been exciting, like open doors up that you haven't? been able to get into beforehand um it's sort of I guess it allows me to to share Mm -hmm. you know my stories my experiences um quite a few of the stories I've written are more not necessarily like about a hunt that I've done or it's more um you know uh, my experience of how I learned to hunt or Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bringing my kids into the hunting side of things and um, more more of that side rather, you know, I've written a few stories about hunts that I've done, but they really love the side of the family aspect. Yes. And, you know, like not necessarily um, the kill or, you know, like hunting's not about, you know, killing something or the end, res- you know, like it's more about the experience mm-hmm. and you know, and, and having the, if my family there and everything like that. So a lot of it has been about that side and, and, and that's what they want me to write about, which is perfect because that's obviously what I enjoy to – I enjoy sharing with oh, everyone. I bet. And I bet. So, yeah, so – but in opening doors, um, I, I sort of – I was already involved with um, a brand over here called Stony Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm one of their um, – the women's test team members. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to be picked to um, test out their women's range that came out. So that's been really cool. Um, obviously trying that out and, and seeing how it goes. And it and it's it's awesome. Like I said, it's so nice to have something that fits and it's comfortable. But, yes. Um, yeah, I guess things are slowly sort of opening up. I, you know, I get um, – invited to go to hunts and places and things like that. So I do get some quite cool opportunities with, mm-hmm. with, um, with hunting, I suppose. Yeah. More so. I think that yeah. it's a, I don't, there's a, there's a balance of life outdoors hunting that we, we all mm. kind of have to carry and juggle. Um, yeah. But it's exciting when those things overlap. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best part, obviously about the, um, the magazine is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm obviously not just writing about me and my hunting, it's about my family and, mm-hmm. and the, the whole aspect. And I guess I'm quite lucky um, in the fact that me and my husband take our kids with us. I would say 95% of the time they're with us hunting. You mm-hmm. know, like we're lucky now to to go on a hunt alone now. You know, it's got <laughs> to that point where they can't be left behind. Uh-huh. We're not allowed to leave behind. <laughs> so we are, yeah, so it's very few and far between that we get to go alone now. So, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's great. Like that's, you know, they're really into it and, and that's, you know, the way that I was brought up and and I hope they continue to, you know, to grow and and love the outdoors as much as we do and, and 
you know, so far that's the case, but you know, it's not something I'm going to force them into. It's, right. you know, it's their choice at the end of the day, but um, yeah, just to bring them up the way I was brought up and, and yeah, they love it so far. So it is quite cool to not have to necessarily juggle family with mm-hmm. the outdoors and hunting. It's sort of, for me, it, it is combined. It's So I guess I am quite lucky in that respect. I, uh, it's, that I don't have to choose. Yes, <laughs> that is true. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a thing that um, I've heard over and over here in the States by getting women involved in hunting, you get the whole mm. family involved in hunting. Um, yeah. And I think that that's very, very true. I think that mm, we, definitely. we um, I mean, growing up, I did not get the chance. It's not that mm. I was denied that. It was just not a second thought. Um, right. It, it, my brothers did. Um, my my dad's neither one of them uh, really hunted growing up um, squirrels, mm-hmm. things like that here in the States, little things. But um, I, my stepdad didn't get, I think he didn't get into hunting until my brothers were old enough to do it. And so um, it was more so, I guess if my mom had gotten involved, then we probably all would have gotten involved, which is kind yeah, of how it's exactly. happened for my family. Mm. Um, before I started hunting, my husband would go hunting and I would stay home with the kids. And mm. it yeah. has been an evolution of me getting involved in hunting that our kids have now. And so it's it's yeah. a better way of generationally keeping mm. um, hunters in our community by getting women involved. It's an exciting yeah. time to see that, but I think it's also a very important um, thing to do. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's, um, yeah, like we're obviously both quite lucky and, and that we can go hunting as a family, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think, like, you're right, the, fe- um, you know, the wife or the female or, you know, girlfriend or whatever, mother mm-hmm. going hunting, this definitely puts, you know, gets everyone together, doesn't it? Yeah, it mm. really does. It really does. It opens that door up a little bit wider. Um, and I think that no matter who, I mean, whoever's listening to this podcast, um, mm. it's not just for women because – most no. men have a woman in their life who might be interested in it. Um, yeah. And so it kind of opens that door to the possibility of growth in that and an open-mindedness mm. to, instead of just going hunting, say, hey, do you want to go with me? Do you want to sit with me? Do you want to observe? Do you yeah. want to, you don't have to pull a trigger. You don't have to learn how to shoot a bow. You can just come mm. see what it's all about. Because like you said, yeah. it's not just about the kill. It is all encompassing no. the lessons yeah. that are learned. Um, yeah. The patience and the respect, the yeah. experience, the um, the outdoors in itself. I mean, mm. nature in itself, just yeah. getting outside and away from technology and getting closer yeah. to a different lifestyle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It also... Um, because we go away as a family with my two boys um, and they're six and three, 
at the moment. Um, for me, I was almost pushed into hunting solo because of that. Yeah. So, you know, they were, they were young and we would take them hunting, but at times, you know, in the morning or an evening hunt, one of us would stay with the kids. Yeah. You know, the other went for a good walk or, you know, because the boys were too young to really go for a decent walk or a decent hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it really did push me, um, almost force me, I guess, into hunting solo because the only way I could go for a decent hunt if we had the kids with us was alone. So right. it was something that at the beginning was – I was obviously quite, I'm not frightened, but it was a scary, scary thing to do, I guess, to go out alone. Um, but at the same time, it was really exciting to, to go out alone and, you know, rely on my own skills and my own decisions and everything I'd learnt, you know, instead of having someone there saying, oh, you know, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? It was, it was all me, you know, it was, yeah. it was my choice. And, you know, I, I made mistakes at the start, but that's how I obviously learned, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, but it was all myself and my own skills to, to use, you know, and it was really, like I said, at the start, it was quite daunting. It was quite scary to, to go out alone. Um, but at the same time now, I just, I can't, you know, I love going out by myself. I, I love going out for solo hunts and yeah, it's something that I really enjoy doing because not only is it, you know, nice to obviously use my own skills and my own you know, intuitions and whatnot, but it's also really nice to have my own time as well and a bit of peace. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, so that, having the kids there, that definitely did push me into going out by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I did. And now, like I said, I'll never look back. It was, you know, it's really cool. It's not something that obviously frightens me anymore. And once I got a bit of confidence and mm-hmm. being outdoors by myself and, in the dark, in the bush by myself, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, now I just, yeah, I enjoy it. It's, it's great. I love going out by myself now. It's, it's pushing outside but, of your comfort zone. There's a, yeah, you kind it. of, yeah. you get to a point where, um, where you rely on somebody yeah. else and you rely on someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to, like, like you said, I do this? Yeah, yeah, but you have to take that step. You've got to take the step into yeah. it. Um, it really goes your own skills and your mm-hmm. own intuitions. And, and like I said at the beginning, you know, like I, you know, um, I might've made decisions at the beginning that probably weren't quite right, but that's like, once again, how I learned, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh no, that wasn't right. Next time I won't do that. I'll do this. And, and you're just learning, you know, your own skills and just, I guess fine tuning your own skills yes. by doing that and, and by being by yourself and not having someone to rely on to ask or being told, you mm-hmm. know, go this way, go that way, you know. So it's, yeah, it is really cool to, to go out. I think it's just having that confidence and sort of almost challenging yourself to, to have a go and just see how it goes. Right. There's yeah. a, there's a, it is quite daunting. It, it, it is. It really is. Yeah. I, um, we draw straws on who gets to go. Uh-huh. Um, our kids are getting older now, so they are now able mm. to do the more bigger, the longer hunts. Um, yeah, it's really it's time and distance that yeah. that wages what they are able to do. Mm. But for solo, exactly. for, for hunting without the kids, we do we have to draw straws on who gets to go, yeah. and um, and it was. The first time I ever hunted, I hunted solo. 
and mm. um, walking in the dark, um, getting mm-hmm. up really early, walking in the dark in unfamiliar places that um, can feel, mm. like you said, very daunting, very, am I up for mm. this? Am I strong enough for this? Am I able yeah. to do this? You do, you do until you do yeah. it. And then there's a sense of yeah. accomplishment and strength accomplishment. behind it. Exactly. And I've done this by myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, think I'll never forget my first, my first solo hunt or a successful solo hunt. I'll never forget it. You know, like it's something that's you know, one of those moments that mm-hmm. I got back to the family and my husband and I, you know, I was so excited to be like, I got something and I did it all by myself. All you know, by like, myself. Mm-hmm. It's such an achievement because <laughs> I didn't need you there to help me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's innate in us. Yeah. As parents, we see our kids as two-year-olds and three-year-olds. I want to do it by myself. I want mm. to be independent. I want to walk by myself. I want to carry this by myself. I want it starts yeah. from then. Yeah. And we are constantly mm. evolving over time into I can do this by myself. I can do this. And, and yeah. it, it spans into hunting. Um, mm. There's always the drive to be able to do something by yourself. And I'm, I say by yourself, but I don't mean alone because mm. – There's a difference, I think, in those words because I don't ever feel alone out there. No, no, neither. And so uh, it's – and I think this this also crosses male or female into just Mm. hunters. There is a sense of I want to be able to do it by myself. I want to be able to be independent if something were mm-hmm. to happen and I need to have these skills, I want to know that I've got these skills. Um, yeah. Or if if I'm with my, my kid by myself, I want to be able to know that I can teach them, I can pass this on, I can help them. Um, yeah. So there, it's, it's all, it's, it just circles all back around from when we were little. Yeah. It is driven into us. Yeah. I can do this. I want to do it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's important to be able to feel comfortable in yourself and confident enough to go out alone and mm-hmm. and like you said, use your own skills and, and use your own thoughts and intuitions and, and everything for for that reason. You know, like right. if I am alone or if I if I get myself in a situation where I'm gonna have to, you know, survive or teach someone else you know you've got all that and you're confident enough to share it I Uh suppose as well you know like there's nothing worse than being unsure Mm -hmm. and then yeah well to me anyway yeah yeah there's a there's I always I have always wanted it is and but I've always wanted to just know automatically what what to do. And when yeah. you start over, when you start fresh, it's, it is a little bit numbing at the time mm. until you step yeah. that step into it. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's the challenge that is, yeah, exactly. that's what we're in here for. It's the challenge of stepping outside of that comfort zone outside yeah. of, you know, each of these animals that you've talked about, they are 100% different. Mm. Um, oh yeah. In the way that they, um, 
in the way that they herd, in the way that they graze, in the way that they hide, in the way that they call. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is different. So each species you have to learn about, you have to grow through. And it's with each new species that you that you hunt, it's new. So you're having to step yeah. outside of your comfort zone a little bit every time. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's, it's a challenge every time I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. They're all different. They're all, you know, they're testing you in Mm -hmm. every way, Yeah, (laughs) but that's the same thing. You know, you're just constantly learning, you're growing, you're, you know, you're, you're challenging yourself every time. And I think that's, that's what gets people, people, you know, like get hooked on hunting because Mm -hmm. it's, it gives you that, I don't know, that feeling, I suppose. And it's a challenge every time you go out. It's, it's never the same. It's, it's, it's different. It's new. And yeah, that's the, you know, it gives you that exciting sort of, I don't know what we call the bug over here. When you go hunting the first time, everyone always says, I've Mm -hmm. got the bug now, you know, like you're hooked. Oh yeah. (laughs) It keeps you going back. We call call it the the meat as well. Oh (laughs) yeah. We, yeah, we call it the fever. You've got, you've got the fever fever. for it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Whether it's buck fever, elk fever or whatever, you've got it over here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I have, I've never hunted elk before. It's on my list to get done. Um, but I've heard this, when you hear that first bugle in real Mm. life, not on television, not on YouTube, not on Instagram, but you stand there and you call and they call back, it hooks you immediately. Um, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's like the raw here. It's, Mm -hmm. it's such an incredible time. Like I took both my boys this year came with us for the roar. Um, previous time I'd taken my eldest boy, but this time my youngest came as well. And we took them to a spot we knew there was a few hinds sort of holding mm-hmm. and um, we thought there'd be a, a red stag hanging around. And sure enough, we got up there and, and the boys had been practicing um, with what we call the roaring horns, you mm-hmm. know, to, to roar. And they'd been at home practicing before we'd gone. And anyway, we'd gone out and um, got onto the spot and, I said to one of the boys, you know, have a go and do your roar that you've been learning. And straight away, my three-year-old let out this roar. <laughs> and um, he got he got this roar back in his face. Like, I will never forget it. He was so excited. Oh, and my so goodness. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was such a, an amazing moment. You know, one I'll always treasure. And it was so cool, you know. Like, he managed to call this red stag in and got to see it. And, you know, just that, I guess it's just, yeah, it keeps you... Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was an awesome experience. But yeah, that same sort of feeling, you know, finally mm-hmm. seeing it in the wild. He'd seen it on TV, and yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, it's it's an exciting time. It is. <laughs> it's fun to be able to see their faces. And um, oh, yeah. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. I was saying, you know, it's it's been exciting being a hunter. It's been exciting those mm. firsts that I've had along the way. Yeah. Um, but there is a different level watching <laughs> their faces. My my daughter yeah. saw two bucks she spotted. I did not see mm-hmm. them at all. So she was the first one to spot them. <laughs> and yeah. she glassed them, was watching them. She watched where they went. She watched them fight. Mm. Um, and her face, her hands were shaking the whole time. Her knees were shaking. Yeah. And it wasn't because of nervous. It was excitement. 
And yeah, exactly. the smile on her face, we didn't, they'd never got close enough for us to, to shoot. It's archery hunting only right now. They never got close enough. Mm-hmm. There was never a clear shot. There was, but it was enough for her. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly. where we as hunters, I think non-hunters look in and see we as hunters and, and think, oh, well, they're not going to be happy unless they kill something. And that is so far yeah. from the truth. So untrue. Yeah. yeah. We delight <laughs> exactly. in just hearing them sometimes. Um, yeah, exactly. And so, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, I quite often leave the rifle at home and mm-hmm. go out with my camera quite mm-hmm. often. You know, like. I don't think it's necessary to shoot a deer every Mm-mm. time I go hunting. You know, no. like I call it hunting, but sometimes I literally will just go out with my camera right. and take photographs of them, watch them. Like you said, you're always learning, just sitting there watching them in their own habitat, mm-hmm. you know. And and yeah, like I think yeah, they don't understand. Non hunters don't see that side of things either. No. They just think we're out there to just kill everything. Right. But um, no, I think. Yeah, that's important to, mm-hmm. to learn is to go out there and just watch them. Yes. And like just to, you know, like quite often I will, I'll take my camera and I'll just see how close I can get, you know, mm-hmm. just to challenge myself. And, and obviously I'm learning and I'm practicing, you know, my stalking and, you know, which all comes back to when I do take the rifle out right. with me, it's, you know, it's going to, you know, um, I'm learning and I'm getting closer and I'm, you know, I just, yeah, I guess it's a practice and it's a, a learning thing but that's definitely something I do quite often now you know as a challenge to myself see how close I can get I think that that's the best part of our seasons being uh, contained within a certain amount of time because we can spend that other time prepping and learning like you said Mm. Mm. um, because it isn't uh, we we hunt enough to feed our family for the year within the season. We don't take more Mm -hmm. than we can use and, Mm -hmm. or donate. Um, we have a huge feed, uh, hunter, hunter donation, um, Mm -hmm. uh, organization here, especially in our state. Mm -hmm. Um, we do well with that, but we don't ever take more than we can use. And so the other time is like you said, it's learning about them. It's in learning how to be quiet, learning how to stalk as you're going. It's, it's learning how, um, they move because you, you have to watch to learn. You have to observe, you have to, Um, get your body accustomed to those kind of things without even thinking about a gun or a bow. Yeah. I think when you add that aspect of going out there and with the intention of shooting something, Mm -hmm. I think, I know you're still learning something, but I think when you've got, that's not in your mind because you've gotten a rifle with you and you're just out there to watch them and observe them. I think you learn a lot more to me. I Mm -hmm. feel like I learn a lot more when I'm not thinking, oh, how can I get there? Where can I take a shot from? You know, right. it's not about that. It's it's learning, you know, like if I sneak up, I'll see how close I can get so I could, you know, and, and I guess sitting there and just sitting back and watching them in their own environment and their own habitat and just taking that in and, and that side of things, I think it's quite different way of learning yeah. than when you're going out with the rifle. I feel like you take a 
uh, yeah, it's just a different side mm-hmm. of, of it, I think. Yeah. Hey, I read that they had tried introducing elk to New Zealand. Um, uh-huh. Is that, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. In, in some places in the South Island, I believe, uh-huh. there are some elk. Yeah. How would you compare? Very few. How would you compare? Um, or have you heard, or do you know, is there a comparison between red deer and elk just because there is the, the ability to call, um, to call in with both of them with, with white tail, there's no calling. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's, it's a little bit foreign to me. Um, the red deer. So red deer, you mean like calling as in like raw? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So during the roar, we can call in a red deer, like he'll come in to you on some occasions, most occasions. Um, Yeah, they sort of get a bit fired up during that time of the year. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we use what roaring horns or some people will have it electric ones or electronic ones, I should say, Mm -hmm. Um, and or just using your hands and your mouth. But yeah, so we, that's why during the roar, it's, sort of a lot easier I guess to, to shoot a red stag because you can roar them in and sometimes they'll just come thrashing and through the bush angry thinking they're coming in for a fight basically wow. yeah so they you can get them to come straight into you okay so yeah during the roar they tend to be a little bit stupid because <laughs> <laughs> all they want to do is fight and keep their hinds and uh-huh. get yeah. a bit boy crazy <laughs> yeah so yeah, so during the roar, it's, it's, it is a really exciting and it's really like, um, it's amazing to, to, to be able to do that. And, yeah. you know, like you just, yeah, the adrenaline and the the excitement of it all is, is quite cool, especially think, when you can get them in really close. I think that um, during our rut, there are some people that use, um, mm. they'll use antlers thrashing against each other um, right. that will kind of bring... Mm bring some in. I've never, I've never tried to do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people that yeah. grunt. I have, I have grunted once or twice to a buck that was heading mm-hmm. away from me and it turned him. He didn't move toward me, but it just mm-hmm. turned him enough that it allowed a shot, um, yeah. a, a better shot that was, um, mm-hmm. a cleaner, um, situation. But, uh, but I guess it's it's all different. It's I think that's why I love the ability um, to have different species, just because of the yeah. way that you can learn everything. It's just always a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've obviously got quite a few different species of deer. Yeah. And they're all completely different to hunt. <laughs> you know, they all have their own characteristics and uh-huh. their own habits and and whatnot. So yeah, there's quite interesting you know um hunting different species because there's different ways to hunt them there's obviously they have different calls they Mm -hmm. sound completely different they they're just yeah so different from each other so it is quite cool to have that challenge and and we're lucky that you know they rut at different times of the year so you go straight from you know a red deer to a fallow deer to to seeker to a rooster and and so on so Mm -hmm. you can you can go from, you know, the likes of March to August and, and hunt all different deer during that time, during their rats. That's amazing. 
I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. It, keeps it, really cool yeah. it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you on your toes for sure. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I want to I want to talk just a little bit mm-hmm. about um yeah about women in New Zealand who hunt. Um, it, are there communities mm-hmm. or are there um, groups that get together that support each other or? Um, is there anything like that in your area? Um, not in my area, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing I can think of, so like there's the odd Facebook page that, you know, is women's uh-huh. only hunting page, right. which is quite cool. It gives women a chance to sort of, you know, chat, get together. And on occasion, they have organized hunts together you okay. know, in yeah. the areas because obviously we're quite spread from North Island to South Island. Right. So that's quite um, a cool spot for people, you know, women just getting out in New Zealand and wanting to give hunting a go. Because sometimes it can be, I would say most of the time actually, it can be quite daunting mm-hmm. being a woman and starting out in New Zealand. And if you've got no one to sort of show you the ropes, you know, where do you go, how do you start? that sort of thing, especially because there's not a lot of women out there um, mm-hmm. to, to find that group and that, you know, another female or two to go with. Um, so, yeah, there is a Facebook page that I can think of at the, at the moment. Um, there's also um, a woman, um, she calls herself, uh, her her page or what she calls herself, Wahini Toa. So she's actually a really amazing woman. She's um, Her name's Pania. She... She's actually started off the own, her own back, her and her husband, um, this, uh, what would you call it? So basically women that want to learn how to hunt mm-hmm. will email her and she will take people, women hunting, her and her husband, at no cost to teach them how to hunt. And it's so amazing. And she's got thousands of women that are, you know, on the waiting list to wow. learn. Wow. Because, yeah, and she, yeah, she's incredible. So, and at no cost, you know, like she's doing it all out of her own pocket. Mm-hmm. I think now, now that she's getting more and more women wanting to do it and it's become quite popular, I believe she is getting, you know, donations from certain people and whatnot to help fund it. Good. But yeah, so she's, she's a pretty incredible woman that's sort of, um, yes here is it's really cool that she's sort of started that because it is like I said it is really hard for a woman if you've got you know and I don't want to say male because there are other women out there that can teach but I guess most women well from my experience most women learn from a male yeah you know when they're hunting whether it be your dad or your your husband or your boyfriend or whatever so Mm -hmm. if you don't have any of someone like that to sort of help you or teach you it it can be quite daunting and quite hard to get into so she's yeah started that up which is really amazing and she's you know she can't obviously take heaps of women out at a time it's only a couple at a time but it's a really cool thing that she's doing so I really think that's awesome she's taking it on as her mission that is great yeah she really has yeah so it's really cool and it's you know it's obviously really inspiring for other women out there and and whatnot so it is really cool that she started that. I think that so, yeah, we there is not a lot, yeah, yeah, not a lot. Otherwise, it's. I think that there's no. more interest than um, than there's ability. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. that 
we have a whole lot of women here in the States getting involved in hunting, but staying in the community mm-hmm. has been the problem. And I think that's yeah. where we go back to the connection. Um, mm. You as a hunter, whether you're a man or a woman, truly you can yeah. go only so far without um, mm. without somebody to encourage you or to show you a little bit yeah. further, that next step. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I think that, uh, like you said, social media is has been yeah. um, a blessing. It, it can be a, a curse as well, but it can be a huge blessing. Uh-huh. Um, it can be a huge blessing to connect women together so that we don't feel so alone. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's right. And so I'm really grateful for that. Um, yeah. Because it crosses boundaries, it crosses countries, it crosses um, mm-hmm. traditions. It 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 just opens the door wide for um, yeah. for relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm grateful for that. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Same. Yeah. Give me what. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going to be starting in the next couple of months. The roar will begin. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have some exciting goals for this year, or um, some exciting hunts on your docket? Um, I have. I'm hoping next month um, to go back down south uh-huh. to South Island and hunt a tar or a chamois. Yeah. So those are two species that I'm yet to um, to uh, to shoot. So that's definitely – those two are definitely on my bucket list to, um, to uh, have a go at. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping next month to head down to Christchurch um, and go hunting with a – with a guy actually that I've met on through Instagram, which was really, really quite cool. Um, mm-hmm. So he's um, put his hand up and said, oh, look, I'll take you out. So that's really cool. That's, I guess we're quite lucky. I don't know what it's like in America, but in New Zealand here, we've we've got quite a cool, I guess, community of group of people, you know, especially through social media that are willing to, you know, to say, hey, come out, I'll take you and, you know, I'll show you this or I'll take you out here. And so it's quite cool. So he, um, this guy has... Um, agreed to take me out to hopefully shoot myself a tar. So that's on my list for this year. I looked up a tar and Mm -hmm. they are pretty cool looking. Are they big or are they? (laughs) They, I, I haven't seen one myself, but I have heard, and I've obviously got friends that are down south, and yeah, they are a lot bigger than what I thought they were going to be as well. <laughs> so they are quite big animals. But yeah, so they call them the yeah the king of the mountain. They're really majestic kind of animals. They're wow. quite incredible. Yeah, very cool. They're hard to hunt, mm-hmm. and they're just so yeah so good on their feet on those mountains and stuff. So it will be a hard hunt. It'll be quite different mm-hmm. um, here in the North Island. We don't have as many. Well, we had to obviously have hills and mountains, but very different to down south. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a complete different way of hunting. It's different terrain. It's different, obviously, heights. And obviously there's snow down there, mm-hmm. whereas we do have some snow in, New Zealand, in the North Island, but not as much. So, yeah, it will be a cool, it'll be a good challenge. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that's on my list for sure this year anyway. 
That is exciting. We, I will definitely be mm. following along. Please keep us, <laughs> please keep me posted. I shall. <laughs> I will. I will be rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be that'll be an exciting hunt. I'll be excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Something a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So that's that'll great. be cool. That's great, Ashley. Mm. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This went by so fast. No I just worries. looked down and I went, "Oh my goodness." Um, uh, I've, I've enjoyed hearing, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you're in a totally different place. You are, you are hunting different animals in different ways, but at the same time, there's so many similarities intertwined into it. And I love hearing that because even though I can't compare myself to you in what we are hunting, um, the mm-hmm. connection is, uh, I, I, there's a community there and I love it. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. appreciate your time today oh, or tomorrow. Welcome. It's oh, tomorrow. Sorry. Your time for me. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the future. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, tell everybody very quickly how, um, how they can follow you, um, on any kind of social media? Uh, so I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. at uh, She Hunts Too, or I'm on Facebook at She Hunts Too. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That was cool. That Good. was nice to meet you. It was great yeah. talking with you too. If you want to go follow Ashley, she is on Instagram, she hunts too, or follow her on Facebook at the same, she hunts too. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading to the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out sasquatchfuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to sasquatchfuel.com. Hey guys, enter code Western Contours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.